So a lot of things went into the decision for me to just press record right now on Audacity. Uh, I'm very bored. I'm very tired. I'm an insomniac, so I can't fall asleep. It's fucking snowing outside for some reason. I don't really know why. For Just for context to that, I live in Texas, so the fact that it's snowing right now is pretty fucking asinine, but, you know, it is what it is and it be what it be, I guess. So if you're listening to this, I would assume that you know who I am already, but in the off chance that anybody's listening to this with me being a stranger, I'll just go ahead and make some type of a formal introduction. So my name is Carlos slash slash artisan, or at least that's how it's formatted on my social media accounts. Uh, currently I run, and by run, I, I, I use that term very, very loosely. I run a website called Ulterior, where I essentially just review music that interests me. Uh, and that covers a lot of ground because a lot of music interests me. And I I didn't really have plans to ever start a podcast in relation to Ulterior, just because there are plenty of other podcasts relating to scene music that I think do a, a very exquisite job in a way that I don't think I could. But I just wanted to at least try this and treat this as like a pilot episode, if you will, just to see how it goes, what happens, if there's any type of a reception. And, you know, if, if this ends up going well, then maybe I'll do more in the future. Uh, if not, then this will be the only time I ever speak of podcasting in any manner. So now that I've pretty much gotten that out of the way, what I'm going to be talking about today are my top 10 artists of January 2021. Uh, so just to kind of explain what I mean by that, these are artists who I personally felt had some kind of an impact on music throughout the month of January. And, and that's strictly subjective to the music that I listened to, the artists that I listened to and seeked out or came across just on complete accident. I do not at all believe that this list would line up with what anyone else listening to this believes. But again, it's just my own opinion. And the criteria that went into me making this list, you know, obviously, well, not obviously, actually, I was gonna say, obviously, you had to have new music out. But there are two bands on this list that didn't have new music and they're on here because of accomplishments outside of releasing music and so that's one of the things that makes it possible to get on this list if you do something whether you actually release music or not just did something that grabbed my attention in january so i'm gonna list two runner-ups and then go in descending order from 10 to 1 and for the runner-ups i'll just very very briefly speak of them so the first runner-up, number 12, is Silent Speaks, and they're a relatively new band from Las Vegas. They kind of have like a blend of metalcore and hardcore going for them. They put out their debut EP on New Year's called Self-Titled, and I just thought that it showed a ton of promise, and I really want to see more activity from this band throughout the rest of the year. The second runner-up, number 11, is Young Pinch, who released his, I think it's an album? It might be an EP, but I feel like it's an album washed ashore which adds to the 
already incredibly talented pool of emo hip-hop musicians in that specific sector of the scene. And his discography is already so fucking deep, and I feel bad for having only discovered him in January. So, on to the actual list. Number 10 is Wormtongue. Wormtongue is a deathcore band from Melbourne, Australia. And I, I didn't remember until January that I had actually heard their debut single back in, like, I think it was August that it came out. It was called Forlorn Misery, and I was taken aback by how appreciative I was of that song since, again, it was their debut single, and I think it's so easy for deathcore bands to just miss the mark on their debut, or at least show potential without actually reaching it, whereas with Wormtongue, I felt like they accomplished so much with that lead single, or not lead single, but just debut single, in a way that I don't usually ever see from deathcore bands. They had their sound down from the beginning, and that was only further proven on their debut EP, Grievous. It dropped sometime beginning, middle of January, I want to say. And it only has three songs on it, but those three songs are so fucking incredibly consistent. And again, especially for the deathcore genre. And it just made me want more from Warm Tongue. I really, really think there's something special with this band. And even though they're so, so young and early into their tenure, I I really, really think there's something there. And to the point where if they put out more music that is in line with the songs on Grievous, this legitimately could be one of, if not my favorite deathcore bands by the end of the year or sometime into 2022, whenever there is new music from them. Number nine is All Time Low. And All Time Low didn't have new music out in January, but there were two accomplishments on their end that I wanted to, to make mention of, and I felt warranted them being on this list. First was their song Monsters featuring Black Bear made it onto the Billboard Hot 100 chart, peaking at number 88. If anybody doesn't know what the Billboard Hot 100 is, it's the chart that lists the biggest individual songs in America at a given time. And this was All Time Low's first appearance on that chart since 2009 with Damned If I Do Ya, Damned If I Don't, and that peaked at number 67. And I just think for a band to have this kind of success not only more than a decade past their prior appearance on the Hot 100, but for it to come at a time where the scene, scene kind of rarely sees songs get this sort of recognition is just incredibly special to me. And I'm happy that it was Monsters that got this attention because I really enjoy that song and I still think it was the best song on Wake Up Sunshine, which was All Time Low's album that came out last April. The second thing that happened was All Time Low. Admittedly, I don't really know like why certain songs become viral trends on TikTok, but they do. And in January, one of those songs was Dear Maria Count Me In, which is nowhere near a new song. It came out in fucking 2007. But just that song being given a new life in its 14th year of existence was so remarkable and just out of nowhere but I'm so appreciative of that. Number eight is Secrets, and Secrets started January on a rather somber note, because back in December, Aaron Meltzer, who was the band's former screamer, passed away, and Secrets' first move in 2021 was to re release a song called Hold On, which just beautifully pays tribute to Aaron in more ways than one. Like, 
the artwork for the single is an illustration of Aaron's arm, and it's designed in the same art style as Fragile Figures, which was the band's 2013 album and the album that I think most people who listen to Secrets would recognize Aaron from. And the music video also has, like, still shot of Aaron at the end of it with, like, red lights blinking on him. And it it, it was really, really well done and probably very cathartic for not only Secrets, but their fan base as well. And I just think that this was as perfect of a note that Secrets could have started the year on. Number seven is Yumi at Six. And Yumi at Six started the year by releasing Adrenaline as the final single for what became their seventh album called Sucker Punch. And that album would be released on January 15th. And I as of right now, have yet to post the review for Sucker Punch to the Ulterior website. But I'll just go ahead and say now that I think it's the perfect example of an album that is just okay. Like, it's fine. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't really do anything one way or the other for me. I don't strongly dislike it, nor do I particularly love it. It kind of just exists. And again, that's fine. Like, it's okay for an album to not be impactful and i i it's weird because i don't want to shit talk yumi at six because i do really like them and i did to an extent enjoy sucker punch i just and they i do think the band achieved much of what they were trying to it just has so many moments on them that album that were forgettable but in that same vein there were some moments that really stood out most notably a song called voice notes which is still one of my most played songs of the year up to this point. And I think that is a major song that really should get its own spotlight as a single sometime this year. Number six is Holding Absence. Holding Absence released Afterlife, which is the second single from their upcoming album, The Greatest Mistake of My Life, which that album is, I believe, April 16th is the day for that record. And Afterlife is just, in every sense of the word, a perfect song and it's a perfect song that continues a streak of perfect songs from holding absence you know if i go back to march of last year when they released gravity and then after that was birdcage and then a couple months later was beyond belief which is the first single for this new album just it i it's insane to me the kind of run that this band is on right now they legitimately know know nothing but how to release perfect song after perfect song and even if i do like beyond belief just a little bit more than afterlife afterlife is still a fucking amazing song that i really think everyone whether you've heard of holding absence before or not i really really think you should go out of your way to hear afterlife number five is landon tours and landon tours for anybody who doesn't know is the vocalist for the plot in you but in January, he had a lot of success with his solo career. He released Kill Me featuring Rory Rodriguez from Dayseeker as the second single for his EP called Frontal Lobe Submission. And that EP came out on January 29th. And one of the highlights of that EP is the fact that it has a song on there called F Pacing and it features Gabby Hanna, who... Some people listening to this might know as The Gabby Show, and she actually has 3.1 million followers on Instagram, and when this EP released, 
she posted some clips of that song she's featured on, the audio for it, to her Instagram story and tagged Landon Tours in them. What that did was it exposed Landon to an audience that I, I'm assuming the overwhelming majority have probably never heard of him or The Plot in You. And again, that is 3.1 million followers on Instagram. Like, that shit means something. Especially for a band that is... Uh, the Plot in You is big in the scene, but in the overall scope of the music landscape, they're still just working their way up. So that kind of exposure is is fucking great. And that shout out alone was major for Landon. And again, like not many musicians will ever receive that kind of notoriety. And I really, really hope it paid off. I, I don't have statistics. I don't know how many people who looked at Gabby's Instagram stories bothered to check out the EP, but I would hope it had an impact on this EP's performance in streaming numbers. Number four is Bring Me the Horizon, and a lot like All Time Low from earlier, Bring Me the Horizon did not have new music out in January, but they had some accomplishments that I felt needed to be mentioned. The first, and like I said earlier about Dear Maria Count Me In being a TikTok trend, Bring Me the Horizon also became a TikTok trend for whatever reason, and it was specifically for the song Can You Feel My Heart, which is from their 2013 album, Sempaternal. And what that did was that actually resulted in that song receiving several million streams on Spotify over a very quick period. Like, I remember hearing about that trend when it really started to take off. And so I checked Bring Me the Horizon's Spotify page and Can You Feel My Heart had, at the time, around 151 million streams. It now has 173 million. And I, I know that number is just going to go up, and it's fucking insane. I just, it really, really stresses the impact that a TikTok trend can have on songs, whether they're old songs or new songs. Because again, Dear Maria Count Me In came out in 2007. Candy Fill My Heart came out in 2013. It is now 2021, and these songs are having new life breathed into them because of the success of TikTok. And, you know, it's like, Who's to say this doesn't happen again this year when someone just stumbles upon a song from, like, I don't know, the Mayday Parade or The Story So Far or whoever else? TikTok is such a powerful tool that can work a lot of magic in the scene this year. And the other thing Bring Me the Horizon did in January was they put out the physical releases of Post-Human Survival Horror, which came out digitally last October. And that EP, again... It's an EP, became the number one album in the UK, and that makes it the band's second number one album after Amo from 2019, which, by the way, is my favorite record of all time, just putting that out there. Number three is Gucci High Waters. So Gucci High Waters released his second album, it's called Jokes on You, back on January 22nd through Epitaph Records, and I, I know maybe some people wouldn't associate Epitaph with hip-hop, but to their credit, I feel like Hippitaph Epitaph are very much so tapped into what's going on with the scene and what's trending in it. And I just feel like Gucci High Waters is the perfect face for that specific sector of Epitaph. And it, it helps that the album itself was just fucking incredible. Like, I really, really enjoy that record. It's 
it's cool to see Gucci Highwires put out a project like Jokes on You. And my hope with that is that we can progress to a point where hip hop is fully and thoroughly recognized as being part of the scene. Like some, with some hip hop artists of the past, like Lil Peep and Juice World, I've, I've, rest in peace to both of them, by the way. I feel like even though their songs were very much so emo and had a lot in common with the artists that most people would associate with emo, I feel like they still weren't being given fair shots at being considered emo or scene. And I just hope that the people who believe that hip-hop can't be emo or scene, alongside metalcore and post-hardcore bands, can have their minds altered. And I think something like Jokes on You by Gucci Highwaters, and Gucci Highwaters just as an overall artist, can have the ability to do just that. Number two, Of Mice and Men. So, Of Mice and Men, at this point in 2021, are already vastly different than they have been in years. First off, they are no longer on Rise Records, which came as a huge surprise to me because that's the label they had been signed to since their debut album in 2010. And the band is now on Sharp Tone Records, and on January 13th, they released Obsolete, which is the first single from their upcoming EP called Timeless. And just to be completely frank, Obsolete fucking knocked me on my ass in a way that no of my cement song has in a really long time. Like I I I think Broken Generation was the last song from them that I felt so strongly in favor of, and that's already been like six years at this point. Obsolete felt like I was hearing a band as rejuvenated as they possibly could be. And you know, it's not like I didn't like the last few of my cement albums. I just felt like they weren't up to the standards that I held some of their records, like The Flood and Restoring Force to. And, you know, with that being said, Obsolete it is up there with my favorite songs from those albums. And it's just... It, the second that that chorus hit, the first chorus, I knew it was special. I knew I was hearing something that, you know, I, I cherished because I love Of Mice and Men. They are such an important band to my fandom of music, and it feels ridiculously good to be able to say that they could potentially become one of my favorite bands yet again. So before I go to number one, I'm just going to recap the list up to this point. The runner-ups were Silent Speaks and Young Pinch. Number 10, Warm Tongue. Number 9, All Time Low. Number 8, Secrets. Number 7, Yumi at 6. Number 6, Holding Absence. Number 5, Landon Tours. Number 4, Bring Me the Horizon. Number 3, Gucci High Waters. Number 2, Of Mice and Men. And Alteriors, overall, number 1 artist of January 2021. Maggie Lindemann. So, this was a January was a fucking huge month for Maggie Lindemann. The you know first thing that I want to make mention of was that she had a role in Downfall's High, which is Machine Gun Kelly's like musical that you can watch on YouTube right now. Uh, I haven't seen it yet, so I can't really comment on the quality of it. But that's not the point. The point is that Maggie was showcased in that musical. And then, like, around the same time, she released her debut EP, Paranoia. And it's kind of insane to think of that as her debut EP, because Maggie already has an audience. She has over 6 million monthly listeners on Spotify, and her discography of singles on there goes back to, like, 2015. 
So she now just put out an EP, and holy fucking shit, what a fucking EP it is. Th- this is genuinely some of my... This is a fucking amazing EP. I'm, like, getting flustered now trying to find the words to describe how strongly and passionately I feel about Paranoia. Like, if this came out in 2020, it would have probably been my second or third favorite EP of the entire year. It is just, in every sense of the word, perfect. And again, it's it's her debut EP, so it, it was like, there would have been room to forgive her if some of the songs dipped in quality, but nothing about this EP whatsoever dips. Like, you open with Knife Under My Pillow, which is just a fucking incredible, you know, song that's, like, kind of, like, grounded in pop punk, and then you go into Gaslight, that it is, like, has, like, a trap influence, and then the screams from Sick Brain on that are amazing, into Scissor Hands, into Crash and Burn, and, and later on in the EP is different, which is maybe my favorite song that I've heard all year so far, and, and she she has, like, some live performances on her YouTube channel, and specifically the performance for Crash and Burn, you're you're watching somebody who you would not at all believe just put out a debut EP. Like, the way she carries herself in that live performance, you think she's already, like, fucking album after album after album after top chart after top chart after top chart, but no, she's really sort of just getting started, and she was on the cover of Alternative Press. Like, a, a lot happened with Maggie Lindemann in January, and I feel so fucking lucky that I was able to grasp some of that content, because this is fucking quality. And I have no problem saying that this EP is the standard that I will hold all EPs and albums and like large form releases in for the rest of the year. And that essentially concludes this. That was my attempt at a podcast. Uh, it's kind of short. I'm not even at 25 minutes yet. But yeah, the, those are my top 10 artists of January 2021. Maybe if this succeeds, I'll do one for February and then March and April and so on. So I'm recording this part in post-production because I realized that I didn't have an actual outro and I probably should. Um, if you listen to that whole thing, then seriously, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Um, you know, I'll, I, I, don't, I don't really know what's going to happen with Ulterior. I don't know if it's something that's going to succeed, if it's just going to flounder, or I'm just going to give up and abandon it, or I'll be motivated and constantly update it. Um, all I know is that I'm super, super passionate about music, and I would really, really enjoy having a platform where not only can I express my passion for it, but I can also potentially introduce people to new bands and artists who they wouldn't have known about otherwise. And hopefully that's what this podcast just did. You know, maybe somebody listened to this had never heard of these bands or some of these bands before, and they feel inclined to check them out and maybe they like something from them. You know, that's kind of the whole purpose of this. And yeah, I, I really at a loss for words. I don't have a train of thought going whatsoever now. Um, again, if you listen to this, thank you. Maybe there will be more. Maybe there won't. We'll see what happens with all that. But yeah, 
Thank you for your time. Take care, stay safe, and keep listening to music.